Welcome to the Wealth Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, John Lawson, Senior Wealth Advisor at Asante Capital Management and co-founder of Sauna Family Office. We're always looking for unique ways to educate our client families and be introduced to new clients. At Sauna Family Office, we help business owners and affluent families navigate the complexities of wealth through a variety of wealth management and family enterprise oversight services. Today on the Wealth Wisdom Podcast, I thought I would introduce everyone to our investment counselor on the team, Sean Rosa. Sean has a great variety in his past experience and brings a depth of knowledge and expertise to our clients, which I thought we'd share a little of today. So welcome, Sean. Why don't we uh, start by you giving us an overview of your past experience in this industry? Great. Thanks, John. Uh, so I've spent uh, the good part of two decades uh, prior to Asante working in capital markets in US, Canada, uh, and, and the UK. So in that, you know, in that period, spent a lot of time analyzing companies uh, from a fundamental point of view, managing risk, and also distributing uh, product to, to investors. Uh, and most recently, uh, worked at a, at a family office where spent a lot of time thinking about the, the more personal side of the equation, which is you know, some of the tax uh, considerations, estate planning, and, and just the, uh, the risk return uh, components to, to a portfolio. And uh, joined Asante about a year and a half ago and uh, love, you know, the, the stocks and bonds and, and private equity world. So uh, really excited to be in this role. Awesome. Thanks for that. And so I mentioned off the top, uh, Sean is our investment counselor. And what that means uh, for our clients is he takes care of our private client at the private client service level. Sean is the one who constructs overseas and advises our clients on uh, their client's portfolio. Uh, for those of you who don't know, our private client service offering can start with portfolios as low as $1 million if it's a, a growing asset and if the client has complexity that our wealth management and family office services can add value to. The more appropriate level uh, of investment is about $5 million plus. Sean, I thought we'd also talk about uh, what's the focus of our client meetings this fall. Uh, in, in one word, I would categorize it as opportunity, but tell me what you've been talking about and maybe I'll prompt it a little bit because uh, you've been talking a lot about uh, uh, seeing big opportunity in bonds. Absolutely. And uh, certainly we've we've all been bludgeoned by uh, some some fairly... A gloomy media certainly the the economic backdrop uh doesn't look promising in the near term but the the silver lining is we are seeing you know great opportunities in the in the fixed income space after a, a fairly horrible year uh yield is back uh you know ideas and and investments that were you know unthinkable a year ago in, in terms of return are, are now uh, quite interesting, and, and I'm thinking of you know certain strategies that we have that are, are close to 10%, which in 2020 or 2021 would have meant taking on a, a preposterous uh, amount of risk. So you know while the uh, the equity markets and, and also the bond markets are, are materially down this year, we're kind of putting that in, in, in into the rearview mirror a little bit and, and looking forward, and, and we're quite excited by some of the 
uh, you know, some of the investments we see coming down the track, uh, both in the short and, and medium term, the income space, we can talk a little bit more about, but, but certainly also equities, we're, we're seeing dividends, uh, dividend yields in five, 6%. So investors are, are paid to, you know, to, to wait and, and to kind of manage through some of the, you know, the economic uh, turbulent waters that, that we're experiencing. Yeah, great. And so just uh, maybe uh, give me a, more of a specific idea. So uh, because I think you're right, we've been in such a low interest environment lately. Uh, when somebody talks about those types of returns, uh, they think, oh, you must be taking a lot of risk. So what's an example of a uh, of uh, an income opportunity? Well, starting at the, you know, what we'd consider to be risk-free, which is daily interest uh, savings rate. So we, you know, we have a daily liquidity fund, which is yielding 4.2%. Uh, and with the Bank of Canada, potentially another hike on the table on December 7th, that could be anywhere from 4.5, 4.75%. So, so that's cash. So that, that's our starting point in terms of the investment equation. And if we move a little bit further out, we see investment grade bonds earning, you know, six, 7%. Uh, you know, you look at the Canadian banks, uh, fairly safe hands that we see product in, in, in seven, eight percent. And then if you go a little bit further out the, uh, the credit spectrum, there's, you know, there are investments with, with a two handle, which is to say 10% plus. We're, we're a little cautious on those at the moment, but certainly we're, we're intrigued by, you know, wh where some of these yields are and we keep in the back of our mind where inflation is and we want investors to be moving forward net of inflation so we want to be investing funds uh higher than the inflation rate so that investors are generating a positive real return absolutely so let's switch gears a little bit because um uh, what we've been talking a lot about and and to be fair it's been much longer than just this uh this fall um, but again, bright spot in our uh, portfolios has been private equity. Um, why don't you uh, give just a quick explanation? What is private equity and why is that playing such a big part in our portfolios? Private equity, in essence, is it's looking at companies that are, are not listed on an exchange. So the NASDAQ, the Dow, the S&P and so, so forth. Uh, if you think about a lot of the the household names facebook tesla you know a lot of these companies are and in fact most started in in the private equity world so it's just a different part in terms of the kind of the the incubation period of a company it's more on the early stage uh and and really there it's just a uh an investment strategy that invests in private companies uh typically in a in a higher growth phase uh than than what we're seeing in the public markets and we also like the the space in that it's it's slightly different. Uh, private equity, the time horizon is is three, five, seven years, whereas we're seeing in the public markets in, in a lot of cases the, the the ambition is to try and to try and you know uh, deliver returns for the next quarter and 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 deliver news releases to to create momentum for your stock. Whereas private equity is a, a slightly longer. Uh, longer horizon, and we think that balances out portfolios quite nicely. The the other dynamic which we like is the return, and and for the, for the strategies that we've selected in the private equity space, 
there's there's a slightly elevated return. The, the quid pro quo is that you're giving up a little bit of liquidity, but we structure portfolios that investors can, you know, we can meet the liquidity needs, but also, you know, park some of the funds into higher uh, yielding strategies that where the liquidity isn't needed, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, ab absolutely. And uh, I think <clears throat> what you were part of what you were touching on there, but I'll just articulate it maybe a little bit more is that um, one of the things that private equity gives us is it, it uh, helps smooth out uh, that volatility, because instead of focusing on an investment that is valued on a day-to-day -day basis with the emotion of whatever is going on that day, you've got a portfolio of private companies, which is much more focused on that seven to 10 year range. Uh, and it just naturally smooths it out. Does it, does it go uh, down at times? Yep, a little bit. Um, but uh, it, not near as much as the rest of the portfolio. It's a much better reflection of uh, long-term value of uh, underlying uh, companies. Uh, so I'm going to pivot just only slightly from there because uh, the other uh, uh, area that we've been uh, uh, utilizing a lot and is uh, private infrastructure. So uh, you can almost consider it a, a cousin of uh, private equity. Do you want to expand on that a little bit, Sean? Private equity uh, is, is complemented quite nicely by private infrastructure. And, and, and infrastructure is, is, is a broad asset class, but we see it sitting as kind of a hybrid sector somewhere in between the equity world and the, the fixed income bond world uh, in, in that it has very safe characteristics if you think about airports, toll roads, electricity grids, these are big box assets uh, that are heavily reg regulated by municipalities, local governments, and, and for that reason, have an implicit government support. What, what we like about private uh, infrastructure is that it gives our clients access to a sector that has not been previously available to individuals. And Certainly, pension funds uh, and university endowments have been, you know, longstanding investors in this space, and 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 are continue to increase allocations. Uh, so, if we think of, you know, Canadian Pension Plan, uh, which is our, you know, our, our retirement portfolios here in Canada, it, they invest quite heavily in infrastructure, and, and we're providing access, uh, you know, to our to our clients. And, and one thing we like about infrastructure uh, is that. Unlike fixed income bonds, as as interest rates go up, there there isn't capital destruction in infrastructure assets. A lot of the uh, returns are are linked to inflation. So if you think about a toll road, these are regulated, and the uh, you know, the, the the returns increase. Uh, airport for airports, for example, have an airport improvement tax that they can take. So we like it as a to John's point earlier, something that smooths out returns in an investment portfolio, but also provides elevated yields. And, and certainly in this, you know, this year, we, we saw that there was uh, a lot of correlation between both equity and fixed income markets in terms of everything sold off at once. And there was, there was no safe haven. Uh, it, it turns out that infrastructure provided some of that safe haven type dynamic in terms of not, uh, not selling off to the same degree. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a favorite uh, in inside the portfolio.
So these three have been uh, the focus uh, for us when we're when we're talking to uh, clients. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean we're shunning uh, publicly traded uh, equities. Uh, um, what's your take on uh, some type of recovery uh, coming uh, down the road uh, uh, for publicly traded equities? Yeah, I think the base case is, is public equities will recover. Uh, I think the question is, is, is what's the, the time frame? Absolutely, public equities will remain a core uh, component of, of our portfolios. In the long run, we've seen you know, a tremendous track record. Of, of uh, all indices, uh, and so we continue to to like the public markets. We find it very interesting right now, and from a stock selection point of view, doing homework. I think you know, looking at balance sheets, uh, access to capital, st- strategies, business plans, relative value. These are all, uh, I think, more important than, than ever. So, you know, we're we're we're. I would say glass half full on on public equities, and as we talked about earlier, you know the the timing could be very short term uh, in terms of there being plenty of cash on the sidelines, or it could be you know sometime mid mid to late next year. But but we do see a bounce, and in the meantime, investors are compensated from from a dividend point of view, but also we could look at other strategies in, in the income space. Yeah. Absolutely. And so one of the things that uh, we often talk about in meetings is that um, with our um, securities that we have in inside the portfolio, our uh, management teams that help uh, put together the different pools that we use, um, <clears throat> they are constantly reviewing what investments we have inside what kind of companies do we have inside there and it's not because any of them have uh, gone to zero or uh, blown up it's simply because it's the proper thing to do it's the right thing to do Um, markets have pulled back dramatically different companies have pulled back at different levels and so we always need to uh, relook at the scorecard and say, okay, this is a great company that we own in there right now, but is there better companies that we can position to for moving forward that are in a better position to capitalize on the markets going forward? Um, so that's that's one piece. Uh, the other piece that I'll just uh, touch on very briefly, we have to understand that there's a difference between the economy and markets. And uh, markets are forward thinking uh, and and looking forward to see what what's going to happen. So it takes a view at the future and makes decisions on that now. Uh, and one of the biggest trigger points that uh, we see markets reacting to is interest rates. Uh, as it appears that we're starting to come uh, closer and closer to the end of the interest rate hikes, uh, Canada specifically, uh, U.S. Uh, probably a little longer because they're a little uh, further behind the curve, um, but markets like that. And uh, so then they're assessing uh, what ramifications that has to the companies, uh, the individual companies. Uh, and maybe this is a great time to be uh, buying. Maybe we've just been bumping along the bottom for this last bit of uh, October, November. You never know that for sure until you're 
six months, a year down the road, and you're looking backwards. Uh, so, uh, but that's how markets react. The economy, on the other hand, is playing catch up. It's reacting to the interest rate hikes that uh, happened six months ago. And so the full impact of the interest rate hikes has not been absorbed into the economy uh, yet. And that's why you hear about some pretty dire, uh, Sean, you mentioned it in the beginning there, the, the news, uh, you know, some pretty dire news about next year being uh, a really, really tough year. And what they're talking about is economically, they uh, slow down all these impacts of the uh, interest rate hikes are are going to have uh, uh, more and more of an impact. If you think, uh, call it six months running behind, they're still raising interest rates now, but we're, we're really economically at a position uh, of absorbing the rates from uh, uh, six months ago. So you fast forward that, you turn the circle around, and we're probably going to see the, uh, the, the the worst of the economy uh, uh, in the later half of uh, next year. But we very well could be seeing that at a time that this, the actual stock markets are going up. So more of a monologue that I wanted to uh, create there, Sean, but anything that you wanted to add to that? No, I, I, I think that's absolutely right. We, we saw uh, with the U.S. inflation reading uh, coming in a, a few weeks ago, you know, 0.3 better than, than expected, and, and the NASDAQ rallied 8%. So that is, uh, there's a couple takeaways there. I think one, there's plenty of cash on the sidelines, uh, you know, waiting to, to go back in, into the markets. That, that creates a lot of opportunity potentially on both the income and, and the uh, equity side. But it, it also, if you think about the the public markets moving in these, you know, pretty broad, like eight, five, 8% moves are, are, are significant. And we don't value homes on a daily basis where, where the, the swing is five or 8%. And it, 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 it speaks a little bit to the, the value of having some of our, our private equity or private infrastructure strategies where, those pools basically will smooth out the the, the portfolio return and, and the the managers are focusing on just delivering long-term return maximizing free cash flow without focus focusing too much on some of the noise that that we're seeing uh on, on screens yeah absolutely well that's fantastic uh sean it's a pleasure having you on our team and uh, thanks for taking the time uh, to give our listeners a peek inside the opportunities that we've been talking about with our clients. Great. Thank you, John. A big thank you again to Sean Rosa for being our guest today. Our next planned podcast will be a market update recapping what happened this year and what did we see in store? <laughs> nope, let's redo that. <clears throat> a big thank you again to Sean Rosa for being our guest today. Our next planned podcast will be a market update, recapping what happened this year and what we see in store for 2023. Did I really just say 2023? Oh my goodness. These are always a favorite as we try and deliver a message in an informative matter and plain English, so not too difficult to understand. Looking forward to this as they're always fun to do. Ultimately, our goal is to educate and engage you, our audience. If you have any topics you would like us to dive deeper into, please let us know. 
If you could take a moment to post a review, it would also be very much appreciated. And if you would like to access other videos, podcasts, or articles we have done, visit us at saunafamilyoffice.com. And for those of you who don't know the origin of the name Sauna Family Office, it stems from the meaning of Asante, which is Swahili for thank you. However, the most commonly spoken phrase in Swahili regarding Asante is Asante Sauna, which means thank you very much. This name represents the gratitude towards all the families and business owners who have chosen our team as their trusted advisory council. Until next time, Asante Sana. Hi, I'm Trevor Beggs from Sana Family Office, and thanks for listening to John Lawson and the Wealth Wisdom Podcast. Here are the necessary disclosures. Asante Capital Management is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the above, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed here are not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Wealth Wisdom Podcast.